last, the last highlight of last week in letters is that to the church he says, I have this one thing against you. He says, you have lost or left your first love or your foremost love. And he says, if you don't repent, I'm going to come and I'm going to take your lampstand. You see, earlier in there, you, we, John is transported into the lampstand realm and he sees the beautiful, loving Jesus walking among, ministering to the lampstands, which are the seven churches. And then he says, you lost your love for me. And because of that, I'm going to remove your lampstand. And the lampstand is a place of influence, a place of light, and a place of revelation. And he's saying, I don't want you to influence the world without the passionate love for me being behind it. And that has held, that has stuck with me all week. And I've just continued to think about it all week long. I'm going, that's just crazy. He, did, he didn't say, hey, you know, you're doing really good and you love people. He goes, I don't care how you love people. The world can actually love people too. But I, I would rather you not have an influence on the world and be cold than to influence them in the wrong way. You see, a lot of times we get caught up and we say, hey, you know, we want to do these activities and we want to help these people and it's great and it's good and I'm not speaking bad against that, but I recognize that we go, oh, we want to love people. But Jesus is going, great, yes, obviously, you're supposed to be doing that. But he's going, I, but I would rather you not influence people at all than to influence them without the love for me being your foremost. That's what's more important to Jesus. He's going, if you love them from a place of just wanting to love them and not from the place of being passionately, intimately seeking me, then I would rather you just not do anything. That's insane to me. Am I the only one that that's just shocking? I, I just, I just continue, all week long after reading that and going through that, I'm just going, that's crazy. Like, how often is that preached? How often is that our foremost thing that we go, I want to be passionately, fervently on fire and in love with the person of Jesus. And from that place of passionate love, then he goes, let me give you a place in this city. Let me give you a place in this nation. Let me put you in a place where you will influence the world because you now have stepped into the right foundation in realm that I can accurately come through you. And so before anything, he cares much more about motive and the place that we come from than our actions. And so that's pretty powerful. And that's what last week was. So praise God. We're going to we're going to continue on this. So I'm going to start in verse 18, chapter 2, as I said. 
write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Thyatira. For these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are blazing fire and whose feet are burnished brass. Now I, might, I want to remind you before I continue on. I, I know we've heard all of these things before. And I know we've seen pictures drawn of Jesus and we've, you know, whatever, heard people talk about this. But imagine you're the church in Thyatira and you get this letter and he's, Jesus starts describing himself to you before he's going to talk to you. That would be incredible because the only Jesus they had known was the Jesus on the donkey riding into the temple or into Jerusalem. That Jesus is the only, they, they, they only knew the Jesus on this earth. They only knew the Jesus, but they don't know yet. <laughs> they don't know yet the Jesus of kingdom Jesus. They don't know the heavenly Jesus. They don't know the exalted Jesus. So to them, they're like, how incredible. Oh my gosh. And each, and as we know, each picture is showing us in a form of how he's going to relate to them. Right? Right. Thank you. So, um, Thyatira also, let's talk about that. Thyatira comes from two Greek words. It, the Greek words are sacrifice and that which continually or the word continually, perhaps a continual sacrifice. Uh, so a, a good definition of Thyatira would actually be a continual sacrifice. And uh, other scholars have interpreted it as odor, the odor of affliction. And so the, the city... It's named Thyatira. And so he goes, For these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are blazing fire and whose feet are burnished brass. It would have been like shining, glowing, like hot brass, right? It's not just like shiny brass. Like it's like molten brass. Like molten brass is very, very, very bright. And that's like he's saying that's his feet. And often feet of brass are a symbol throughout the Bible of judgment, Okay. And as we read on, we'll realize why is he painting a picture that where, where he walks, he burns off any impurities and he comes walking in judgment and his eyes are fire. And as we know, these eyes of fire are not like angry. Dang, I just, oh, I can't stand these people. No, it's passionate. It's loving and it's coming. And why is he coming in judgment? Because he's so in love with them. He's going, there's something in my church and I don't like it and I'm coming with my judgment on that thing because I'm passionately burning for them. And so then he paints this image for him and then he, and as you'll see, he always does a love sandwich of, hey, this is what I like about you. This is a problem. But then I'm going to end it with a reward. Like he's very, very good leader. So in 19, I know all that you've done for me, your love and faith, your ministry and steadfast perseverance. 
That's pretty good things to be known for. In fact, you now excel in these virtues even more than at the first. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is seducing my servants. She is teaching that it is permissible to indulge in sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I have waited for her to repent for her vile immorality, but she refuses to do so. Now I will lay her low with a terrible distress along with all her adulterous partners. If they do not repent, and I will strike down her followers with a deadly plague, and then all the congregation will realize that I am the one who thoroughly searches the most secret thoughts and innermost being. I will give to each one what their works deserve, but to the rest of you in Thyatira, who don't adhere to the teachings of Jezebel and have not been initiated into deep satanic secrets, I say to you, without laying upon you any other burden, Cling tightly to all that you have until I appear. To everyone who is victorious and continues to do my works, to the very end, I will give you authority over the nations. To shepherd them with a royal scepter, and the rebellious will be shattered as clay pots. Even also, who have received, even also I have received authority from the presence of my Father. I will give the morning star to the one who experiences victory. So the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to all the churches. So there's a, there's a bit to unpack there. I just want a, a note in the beginning. Jesus is so... I don't know why, but Jesus is quite a good leader. <laughs> but in the beginning, he goes, this is what I really like about you. And you know what? I can honestly say I've been terrible at this, but that is celebrating. That is celebrating the victories in our lives and, and uh, encouraging people. You know what I mean? Like... He goes, dude, you have, you've got love, you've got faith, and you've got perseverance. That's awesome. Good job. Yeah, and here's a problem. We need to deal with this. But I'll give you the morning star, which is himself. Because in Daniel, he's called the morning star. And, and he goes, but I'll give you myself for those who are victorious. And, and he's so good. And I think... That should just be noted that even in our own midst, you know, the word says find creative ways to encourage each other and, and look at the positive things and go, I, you're doing good. And like, I'm, and he's going, I'm proud of you guys as a church. I'm proud of you guys as a community. I'm proud of what you're doing. And that sometimes we go, oh, well, you know, we don't, we don't want to tell people they're doing good because they'll get proud or something like that which is just a bunch of crock, right? Because in reality, it goes, man, no, you want people to know that they're doing good. You want people to enjoy their jobs. You want people to enjoy these things. So we should encourage them in that. And Jesus shows that. And I think that's just something that, even in our own midst, that we should cultivate. And he says, so, but, but 
man, that, that would just, could you imagine that would just be the first, you know, when they're reading that in the church and they go, oh no, here we go. Oh, and Jesus goes, but you got this problem. So he says, you tolerate this woman, Jezebel. Now, I don't think it's actually a woman in the church named Jezebel, because that would not be a popular name even for their period of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would not be very popular. She had a bad history from way back. And so I don't think he's directly talking about a woman named Jezebel. I believe it's a spirit in the church working in amongst them. Right? And there are probably people following like the, the spirit and so they're uh, leading people in teachings and and making it okay to do certain things but he says you tolerate you tolerate this woman Jezebel right so evidently they were tolerant people and they put up well you know it, there's some weird things and there's some problems and stuff like that but you know what you know it's not that big of a deal he's going no you don't tolerate that sin. You don't tolerate these things. You don't let that come into your midst. And, and what is it that was coming in their midst? It's seducing. He's saying, you're seducing my loving servants. She is teaching that it's permissible to indulge in sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. And so what is it? What is the lie? Right? What is this lie? Well, it's okay. You know, it's part of your community. It's kind of stuff that you have to go through. The sexual immorality thing, you know, it'll be okay. God loves you. Move on, you know. And, and, and yes, everybody sacrifices to idols. You know, it's, 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 it's normal, right? It's that tolerance. It's that, it's that letting it slip. And Jesus is going, no. Because in Thyatira, uh, if I remember correctly on that study I did on them, which it, I don't remember if it was Sardis or Thyatira. I think it was Thyatira. Anyways, which nearly all of them were anyways, but they were predominantly a city with uh, demonic temples and stuff like that in them. And it was like a business town. And in the business practices, they would mix a lot of uh, idol worship. And then even with idol worship came the sexual immorality. It was in their, uh, you know, the practices and the stuff that they did. So if you were in business a lot of that would go on because it was kind of joined with that. So for their community, this was like, he's going, this is basically them going, okay, I have to possibly lose my business by these decisions, right? I lose my business. I lose my status with everybody I work with. I do in this whole city. I don't know how I'm going to have my livelihood because it was so ingrained in them that the paganistic yeah, it's okay if you step into this, and yeah, it's just part of the job. And he's going, no, that is a Jezebel spirit that is coming in to choke out what's inside of you. And for us, this applies to us. We're like, well, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have to go do weird sexual activities and stuff like that in our temple practices, but, you know, the paganistic stuff has just changed form. It hasn't left. It's like, what are you going to do in your job, in your business? You know, are you going to lie and cover for somebody? Are you going to do evil business practices? Are, you know, are, what has, the, what's the most important thing in our lives? Do we put 
do we put the, uh, you know, do we put sports and do we put the, you know, do we put the God of sports above our God? Do we put the God of looking good in the community with everybody else and being people pleasers? All of those things are things that we can bow to and can become more of a God than our God. And so he's saying that is a Jezebel spirit because Jezebel was an evil king's wife and she came after the prophets, which is the voice of God, to silence them. And so, and this is what's crazy. God's like, I've waited for her to repent. (laughs) Dude, he is full of mercy. He's full of mercy. He even waited for Jezebel to repent. He's going, I'm going to give her a chance. I'll give her a chance to wait. But then you see, if she refuses uh, to do so, I'll lay her low with terrible distress. Some of that, uh, other uh, translations, uh, the Aramaic says, I will throw her down into a coffin. That's what the Aramaic says. Um, And so, and then it says, and I will strike down her followers with a deadly plague. Add that to your theology. (laughs) And And that is, you know, it was even believed in their time and in times past that, you know, when you mix with things that are not of God, there are health issues that come with it. Yeah. Right? That they're, they're, he's saying, hey, if you play around with Jezebel and if you live on these things, there are going to be health issues that come along with it. Right? So some things can be directly related to what we tie ourselves to. So... Uh, then all the congregation will realize I'm the one who thoroughly searches the most secret thought and the innermost being. And I will give to each one what their works deserve. You know, I will give to each one what their works deserve. That doesn't just mean, all right, all you bad people are going to get what you get. But God's saying, those who need to be rewarded, I'm going to reward. And God is a just judge, and he's going to do well. He, he see, and you know, every single letter he sends, he goes, I see what you're doing there in secret and what nobody sees. He says, what? I, I see that. And so I'm going to reward those. Everybody is going to get what they equally deserve. And that's a good thing, especially when you're on the right side. Um, those that don't he- adhere to the teachings of Jezebel and not been initiated in deep satanic secrets. It's kind of interesting. I would say the most, the most important thing is what do we study more? Do we study the deep, you know, do we want to know, ooh, you know, get into the deep satanic secrets of things? Or do we actually want to stay in the light and, and seek after those things? So, somebody's not happy. Little baby. Um, All right, so I say to you, without laying upon you any other burden, cling tightly to all that you have until I appear. To everyone who is victorious and continues to do my works to the very end, I will give you authority over nations. Isn't that just awesome? Verse, that's verse 26. To everyone who is victorious and continues to do my works 
to the very end, I will give you authority over nations. Like, you're like, oh, you know, I'm just little old me. And he's going, dude, I don't care. Again, he's going, if you persevere, if you continue, if you lay hold of what God's already given you and you persevere, he's going, I'll give you, a, I'll give you whole nations. Right? I'm going, I'm sitting here going, God, I want you to change. I want you to touch the community. I want, you know, I want, I want you to do this stuff. And he's going, I want you to change nations. I want whole countries to be changed when a Christian walks in. You know what I mean? Like, I have to work on this. My image needs to get bigger. I need to look at things differently. Because he's going, oh, you want a nation? Sure. You know, I got plenty of those. I'll give you one. Oh, he's got, we get authority over nations. That's incredible. Again, the thing is, is what, what is our images of ourself and what is our self-talk like? I was just listening to a sermon today where the guy was talking about, he's going, dude, he says, the God, God started having declaring over myself that, uh, he says, I'm a minister to nations and to countries. And he's going, every single day I would tell myself that because he says so often we have to repeat these things to ourselves because we don't even believe them but we've got to get it inside of us that no i'm created to influence nations i'm created to be a world changer a transformer i'm created to be the manifestation of the word to this world and he's going man if you'll stay faithful i'll give you the nations and so change your view on that to shepherd them with a royal scepter now most Translations will say like an iron staff or something like that. And uh, Brian Sims, when he's going through translating this, he says, I, when, I really, when I searched this out, he says, I believe the iron scepter is just a wrong translation. He says, that gives the wrong t- context. He says, an iron scepter sounds like, oh, like it's, it means you're going to rule with, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the right adjective. Yeah, it's like an iron fist. It's like really demanding and stuff like that. And he's going, it's not that. It's actually, it's a royal scepter and it's supposed to be almost like a shepherd's staff. Is that you're actually supposed to have authority over nations that you shepherd them. He's going, it's not where you're ruling over them, but you're actually shepherding them. Um, And so you can research into that. There's a whole bunch of commentaries and and different translations and even other people that have come up with the same stuff that you can double check. Uh, and the rebellious will be shattered as clay pots, even also received authority from the presence of my Father. I will give the morning star to the one who experiences victory. It's so great. I'll give the morning star. Jesus, uh, if you want to look that up, where is that? I lost it. Oh. Daniel, yeah, right down there. Daniel 12, uh, 2 Peter 1, 19, and then Revelation 22 and 16. talks about that, and it's really, it's really cool. It, basically, in, in those verses, it describes to us that Jesus is the morning star. He's called the bright and shining star. And, he's, and so it's so great. He's going, if you'll be victorious, because Jesus loves victory, he made us to be overcomers. And he goes, if you'll be victorious, he says, I'll give you myself. 
And so that's his reward, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful. It's like what we experienced tonight. Give me more of that, Jesus. Give me more of you. Like, that's all I want. And so when he goes, tell you what, if you're going to be victorious, and if you won't get in there with these deep, they satanic things, and you won't, and one of the Aramaic literally says, soiled your garments with the stuff. He's going, I'm going to give you myself. That, that makes, I, that fires me up. Let's do it. I want that. I want the morning star. And so he says, so, the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is presently saying to all churches. And so this applies to us. That is the letter to Thyatira. Let's move on. Let's just keep on going. I, want, I would really like to finish chapter 3. I don't know if we'll make it that far. But chapter 3, and it's, it continues on, and it's the letter to the church in Sardis. Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Sardis. For these are the words. Now listen, again, he's describing himself, and these are beautiful each time what we see. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Whoa. So literally, the leaders of these churches are described as the seven stars, and he's saying, I hold those seven stars in my hand. And so that's cool. The leaders are, the leaders are, are held in the hand of Jesus. And then the seven spirits of God, which seven spirits of God that are before the throne continually, and the seven spirits that have been released into the earth. Uh, best way I can tell you is straight out is that the seven spirits are the Holy Spirit. If God can be three in one, the Holy Spirit can be seven in one. Okay, nobody shot me yet. But it's uh, in, uh, I think it's in Isaiah. There's a description of seven different things that the Spirit does. And, you know, it's the Spirit of Revelation. It's the Spirit of Wisdom. It's, the Spirit, you know, it's all these things. And it's seven. It's listed. It's the seven anointings and the seven things of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that has come inside of us. And so it's awesome. But uh, Sardis is, uh, means those who have escaped or red ones like jewels. How, uh, so he's literally saying you're like uh, Sardis is you're the, either the escaped ones or the escaped ones or the, the red shining jewels the way he sees you and what's interesting is they're escaped ones and Sardis was conquered two times the city was destroyed and they were conquered two different times throughout their history you can read about that in some of the footnotes of what it talks about. They were conquered two times, both because they were basically being lazy and like they had their guards down, and both times they were conquered and taken over. And so, but, and so it's kind of interesting when you read what he says to them. Um, and just kind of like how he talks to them. So, I know all that you do, and I know that you have a reputation for being really alive, but you're actually dead. Wake up and strengthen all that remains before it dies, for I haven't found your works to be perfect in the sight of my God. So remember all the things you've received and heard, and then turn back to God and obey them. For if you continue to slumber, I will come to you like a thief, 
and you'll have no idea what hour I come. Yet there are still a few in Sardis who have remained pure, and they will walk in fellowship with me in brilliant light. For they are worthy, and the one who experiences victory will be dressed in white robes and will never, no never, will be erased erased out of the from the book of life. I will acknowledge your name before my Father and his angels. So the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying to all the churches. Now, he didn't have much good to say about them. (laughs) Uh, The rest, everybody else does pretty good, but he goes straight into it. He says, I know what you do. I know everything about you. So don't think I'm only see, don't think I talked to that lady that sits on the certain side who doesn't like nobody. I didn't just talk to her. I know the whole thing that's going on, right? <laughs> He's like, I, I, I know this whole thing. And I know you guys are known for being really alive, but you're actually dead. And you know, and this applies to us today, and there can be, and I, I even want to search. I go, man, God, don't let me be one of those churches that we think we're doing so good, but we're actually dead. Because it it happens, right? And we don't want to do that. But you're actually dead. And and it's like the city had been conquered two times because they, they slumbered. And the church was doing the exact same thing. It's like they had come underneath that territorial spirit that was like, that slumbering, it's all okay, just kind of blah, and they had just followed the same thing, but it looked all good, and he's going, dude, no, you're in the same place, and I'm going to come just like they attacked your city where you didn't see it coming, and I'm going to show up, and you're going to be terrified, and it's not a good thing. He's going, because you think you're alive, but you're actually dead, and he even says, I see your works, and they're not pleasing to me. He, did, he goes, I care about your motivations. I care about where you're coming from. If you're just checking off a list and going, I'm doing lots of good things, he's going, I don't care. I see your works and they're not pleasing to me. I go, God, man, purify my heart. Amen. Purify my motives. Amen. Purify where I'm coming from so that my works are pleasing to you. Yeah. You know? Let me not just worry about my works. What if, here's the thing, what if we get so caught up in our works and we go, oh, I want to, you know, I want to start these programs and I want to do all these activities and I want to do all this stuff and we're so busy trying to create things that we miss where we were supposed to be coming from and that was the the heart of loving Jesus. And so we do all these things and we do fantastic stuff and everybody thinks, dude, these people are killing it. But what if, Rather, I go to work every day and I go to serve people and I go to love the people around me and I go, God, I want my actions at my work to be totally pleasing to you. Let my heart be pure that I'm actually doing this to serve people and, you know, I'm not even here coming for the money maybe or whatever, but I'm actually just coming into this place because it's worship to you. And so what if the person is doing all the activities and doing the stuff and looks so alive, God goes, I don't care. But what about you who doesn't look like you're doing that great, you're just working a job. God goes, you're killing it, bro. I love that. Every day you wake up and I'm like, woo, he's going to work, you know. What if that's the aroma that rises to God? 
Because he says, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at what you're in your heart when you get up and go. It's not, it's not those actions. Everybody. Yes, it's his body. Praise God. Yes. It's the unseen, right? There's so much unseen workings that he goes, dude, that's so important. If you didn't have that thing, you'd be dead, you know? <laughs> and so it's important. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! So he goes, yet there are still few in Sardis who have remained pure and will walk in fellowship with me in brilliant light. There's just, there's going to be a light that follows you. For they are worthy. You've been made worthy through his blood. It's not by their works. It's not by any of those things. But he's been made worthy. Um, and the one who experiences victory will be dressed in white robes and will never. And this is interesting. The way this was translated, it, it's, it's a double negative. Like, it's not like you'll never be erased. When, when John was writing it, he literally said, You'll never, no, never, like ever, 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 your name will never be erased from the book of life when if, you, if you walk in your victory. And these robes of white, they're not just, they're pure white robes, but they're also, I think they're symbols of your priestly robes. He's going, if you stay pure and you walk in your victory, you're going to get to be a, the priest, and that's where you come before God for the people and you get to intercede for them. You get to do that. Like that's a, that is actually a pleasure that we get to have. I will acknowledge your name before my Father and his angels. That last part. Boy, isn't that cool? He's going, Jesus sits up there and brags about you. All the angels gathered around, and God's there, and he's going, let me tell you. Let me tell you about, you know, Josiah down there. Guess what he did today? Boy, I birthed that in him. It's awesome. That's awesome. Woo! And they're like, now let me tell you about Tammy. And she did this. And all day long. And I think they're like, okay, Jesus, we need you to stop talking about the people you love so much. We gotta go do something. <laughs> no, 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 let me tell you one more story. I like to think that. It's probably not. It's definitely not that way. But anyways, it's funny. So, let's, we're, we're booking right along, people. We're doing great. Let's continue. Let's do Philadelphia. Write, to the, write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Philadelphia. For these are the solemn words of the Holy One, the True One, who has David's key, who opens the door opens the doors that no one can shut and closes the doors no one can open. Before I go on, Philadelphia is an easier one for understand. It's brotherly love. It means brotherly love. Uh, a powerful earthquake nearly leveled the city in A.D. 17. And so as we read on and hear the way he talks to the people in this community, you'll be like, ah, oh, that's why he's using these words. That's why he's calling them pillars. That's why he's calling them strong foundations is because they had just been wrecked, you know, uh, years ago that like their whole city was leveled. And so they are going to get this. He understands where you live. He understands what you're going through and he understands these things. And so he's going to actually apply these uh, analogies to their lives. 
I know all that you've done. There he goes again. Now, I have set before you a wide open door that no one can shut. You know what's interesting? He says, I now set before you a wide open door that nobody can shut. And before, as he was giving the description of himself, he says, I carry David's key. What did David unlock? I believe David was a prophet that unlocked intimacy. David walked into, David did a couple of different amazing things. One, David lived in new covenant realities in the old covenant. I mean, nobody could go before the Ark of the Covenant, and if they did, they had a rope tied around them, and, they, and if they had even sweat on their brow or a sin in their life or anything, boom, God would snap them dead, and they'd have to drag them out. But David goes, you know what? There's going to come a time that people are going to worship God in his presence. There's going to come a time where we get to just love him and be in his presence and be around him. There's going to come a time that all of this is going to be not this way. And he goes, and tell you what, I can't imagine what this guy was thinking. I, like David's incredible because he goes, tell you what, let's do it now. Like David, <laughs> David was like the first time traveler. <laughs> David literally goes, I'm going to step in time and I'm going to live in a new reality that will be there. So therefore, I can live in it now. He goes, I can live in my future now. Because why not? Like all of the rules, all of the stuff, all the things. And David goes, I'm going to do that. And so what are we going to do? We're going to put a tent up and we're going to worship before the Ark of the Covenant 24-7. When I can't sleep, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to write songs and stuff like that. And I'm just going to go soak in it. That's insane. Because he said, you know what? It's not about all the animal sacrifice. It's not about all these things. I think God really just wants to have a relationship with me. And he unlocked the door to the new covenant. And so God is saying, and Jesus is now saying, guess what? I got the key. And I'm going to, and he says, I now have opened a door for you. And that's to come into my presence and my intimacy perfectly. It's what we did tonight and want to do every single moment of our day. I have set before you an open door that no one can shut. Your sin and your shame can't shut the door. Your mistakes can't shut the door. What people say can't shut the door. Nothing can shut the door of intimacy. So no matter if you're having a good day or a bad day, no matter where you've done or where you're at, no location or anything can shut the door of intimate love with God. I could, you know, think about it. You might be like, well, if I step into like an evil, you know, Buddhist temple or something like that, there's probably demons everywhere. The door's wide open. It's just you and him. You have the same intimacy. You can be across the world in the living room, in your closet, driving down the road. You may have messed up and, man, I, I flew, you know, I, I had road rage and screamed at people and cussed and flipped them off and drove off. And then, damn, I felt bad. And you know what? God goes, yeah, yeah, you might want to repent for that. But, <laughs> but if you'll repent, that door is wide open. Come on in. Like he doesn't go, nope, give it three days, feel bad, then come. And even then, you might have to crawl through. You know, no, he's going, 
The best place when you're in the bad place is to go through the door. Right? So, uh, for I know that you possess only a little power, yet you've kept my word and haven't denied my name. Stop right there. I think he, he put a footnote in there, but it just, it did, it really hit me. He says, for I know you possess a little power, yet you've kept my word and haven't denied my name. It only takes a little bit of power to keep his word and to not deny his name. So what can we accomplish with a lot of bit of power? <laughs> a lot of bit of power. That's cr- proper grammar right there, ma'am. A lot of bit of power. There's par, par, wonder working, par. That's so weird. It's power. It's power. It's not par. Anyways, par. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we, golfing? Anyways. <laughs> Back on track. Back on track. I'm done mocking uh, Southern singing. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh no. Okay. We are run- we're we're running we are falling off the rails right here. Oh man, we just needed a good laugh break. No. Jesus goes, You've got a little bit of power and you've kept my word and not denied my name. So what would a lot of power do? If we're going, it's taking all the power I've got just to stay with the Lord. I don't think so. I, I, I think you're believing some lies. It's, it's, we now live in the spirit of life and in resurrection power. So it's not like trying to follow all the rules in the old covenant. It's, you're, you're, in a, you're in a covenant of grace and victory. And so that's just an interesting question of going, hmm, that's pretty interesting that they, uh, that that is what they were doing just with a little bit of power. Watch how I deal with those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews but are not, for they are lying. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and acknowledge how much I've loved you. Because you've passionately kept my message of perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of proving that is coming to test every person on earth. But I come swiftly, so cling to that which you have, have, you have so that no one may seize your crown of victory. Don't take my crown of victory. I'm going to make it through here. For the one who is victorious, I will make you to be a pillar in the sanctuary of my God permanently secure. I will write on you, listen to this, I will write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, descending from my God out of heaven. And I'll write on, I will write my own name on you. So the one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying. Okay. Let Oh, man, so good. He's going, yeah, I'll deal with those people, those Satanic people that say they're Jews and they're not, and, you know, stay strong. Don't let anybody steal your crown of victory. Like, he goes, man, you've got to keep that crown of victory. He's like, fight for that. 
but what I love so much, he says, I'll make you a pillar in the sanctuary of my God. That would have been so important for them. That structure, that foundation, that strength, that ability. He's saying, I want to rewrite your history. I want to make you strong, stronger than you were. I know your city's been taken down and you feel broken, but I want to make you strong because I'm going to make you a permanent pillar. And he goes, I will write on you. You get three things written on you. You've got the name of my God, the name, Jesus is God. You get the name of God written on you. You get the name of his city, the New Jerusalem, and you get Jesus on you. And here's the thing. We are not going up to the New Jerusalem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we've sang songs and we've believed the theology. We are not going to the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem is coming here. And, and, it's written on us. It's basically like, I'm the label of what's inside me. He's going, let me put some labels on you. Contain, you know, contains nuts, right? (laughs) He's going, contains God, contains the new Jerusalem, and it contains Jesus. And, it's, and he's going, it's, we're not trying to get out of earth. We're not trying to, oh, run away from this. He's going, I want the new Jerusalem, a new city built. And here's another thing. The new Jerusalem, if you read, I believe it's in uh, Revelation 22. I can tell you for sure on that. But uh, Oh, I'm rolling. Anyways. I believe it's Revelation 22. If you, if you need to, we'll, we'll look this up later if you need it. But he, he says, in this, when it's describing the new Jerusalem, he says, this new city doesn't have a temple, but the temple is God. And so he's saying the new Jerusalem is ascending out of heaven, and it's coming here. It's brand new. It doesn't even have a temple. We don't need a temple because God's not in the temple, right? He, he ripped that thing apart because he was like, I don't need to be held in here. And he put it inside of us because we are the new Jerusalem. We are a city on a hill. We are the manifestation of Jesus. It's coming out of heaven and it's coming to us and we're building this place here on earth. Like labeled. We got the labels. That's who I am. I am the new Jerusalem. I am Jesus manifest to this world. I am. God wants to put himself inside of me. I'm, when I come, the throne comes with me. The Jerusalem comes with me. Jesus comes with me. So you better believe you can have authority over nations. Because think about who's inside of you. You believe you're a world changer. Because think about what's going on inside of you 24 hours a day. It's incredible. Its name is us. It's, that's what's the new Jerusalem. He's going to write it on us. That's so exciting. So, just, it's amazing. He's going, it, he wants to take this world and transform it. He wants us to make, he wants us to be the manifestation of the word. When you wake up in the morning, you should go, I was created to literally manifest the word, right? 
The Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Now He lives inside of me, and His throne was set inside of me. And He is on the throne of my heart. The door has been opened, and it's never been closed. And so I actually was created to recreate, to manifest, and to rebirth Jesus every single day I walk outside. I am the representation of Him. You know? It's amazing. And what's cool is, and we'll get into it later, but it, in the description of the New Jerusalem, there's 12 gates named after uh, the you know, 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 sons of earth. And, e and each one of those has a meaning. And each one of those is a revelation that we get as we go through it. And we get that revelation because we're going through and it's the process of becoming the image of Jesus. Anyways, it'll be really fun. We'll get to that. Okay. We have one last, do we have time for one last letter? Ooh, we're getting kind of late. We better not. I will probably spiral out of control and we'll be here all night. Because the next one's so good, too. Oh, man, it's so good. And then after that, we're going to go into the throne room. Yeah, I better cut myself off before I get... But let's think about these things just real quickly. I think, truthfully, it's quite simple. It's not, it's not that complicated. It's quite simple. Is that Jesus is going, guys... I want you to passionately pursue me. I want you, your works to be purely motivated out of the love for me. And I want you to persevere. And I want you to have love. And I want you to have faith. And you're doing good. And like Jesus is legitimately proud of the progress that you have made. Jesus is legitimately proud of what you're doing. He sees your process. He sees what you're going through. And he's going, I'm proud of that. I think that's awesome. And, and, and he, he just loves to, God is not a type of person, he's like, oh, everybody gets the reward. No, if you persevere and you continue, don't let anybody take your crown of victory. Don't let a person come in with doubt and go, oh man, just give up on that. That's just crazy and whatever. You're like, no, I'm going to get a crown. Get away from me, you little doubter. You know, <laughs> that would just be funny if we started telling people that. I mean, it probably wouldn't be good in the long run, but it would be quite hilarious if we just ran away yelling, get away from me, doubter, you know, but because you're like, no, it's, it's not just a socialistic system where everybody gets the same thing. No, I get a crown of victory. And when I get that, you know what? He's going to give me the shining star of himself. I get to feast on him. And the next one, he's going to say, I'm going to let you into the garden and feast on me. Whoa, we get to go in. He's going to sit. He's sitting there knocking on the door. I'm, I'm teasing next week. No, I won't be not here next week. Anyways, I'm teasing next time. I'm teasing next time where he's going, I'm knocking on the door. And it's literally the same thing that the bridegroom would do. He would go and he would knock on the door with a cup of wine. And if she wanted to accept him in the marriage, she'd take it and let him in and they'd have a big feast. And he's going, I'm going to let you feast on me. I'm going to let you. And the greatest reward in this world we have is Jesus. 
And he, every single time he goes, I'll give you a different revelation of myself. I'll give you another way of seeing me. I'll give you this thing. And, he, and, he's, and he's going, man, you were messing up bad, but if you'll repent, come on, let's go. Let's, <laughs> it's go time. It's amazing. And so I think Jesus is incredibly, I think he's incredibly excited for your daily life. I mean, every single day you wake up, you need to be saying the same things he's saying about you, right? You know, Bill Johnson says, I shouldn't have a thought in my mind that Jesus doesn't have in his about me, right? I shouldn't think about, like, I should wake up every day and go, what are you saying about me today? Because he's obviously quite creative, and every day he can be like, oh, well, let me tell you what I think about you. Let me tell you how I see you. Let me tell you about those things. Let's live today in what I have for you. Let, let's, let's see, let's have our works today in my love. Let me just bathe you in this. Let me give you the morning start. Let me walk with you in light. I don't even know what that means, but it's cool. And I would take it if he offered it to me. He's like, hey, let me walk with you in light. Okay, I don't know what that means, but let's do it, right? It's exciting. And so this, this, whole, this whole book is exciting in that way. And so this is the unveiling of Jesus as he goes, I'm showing you a new thing. Because they didn't, before this, they didn't have the image of King Jesus. They didn't have these pictures. And so that's why it's so beautiful is because it was for them, they're like, whoa. We only knew Jesus when he's on the earth, but when he's now exalted, this is incredible. And so like in worship, just as we or just soaking in his presence and enjoying him. Boy, that's him just giving. Just, he's just gifting us with himself, and it's so beautiful, and it's so wonderful. And then in his word, he gifts us with himself and his word. And all of these are different facets of getting to enjoy him. And, and I believe that's why he's... I believe that's why he's blessing us so much right now, because he's like, you're getting it. It's about me. Shocker. <laughs> But it's when we go, I don't need all these things. I don't need all this stuff. I don't, bleh, let, me just, let me just enjoy you. And he goes, heck yeah. And while I'm at it, I'll take care of all your other problems. You know? And so the, the kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy. Right? So we've got peace and troubles. We've got our righteousness. We're good with him. And we've got joy to be excited. That is the kingdom. Let's not forget those things. Um, praise you, Jesus. So good. Did you have a song for us? Or Yeah? Okay. You can come up and start getting that ready. Um, we'll, we'll close here. But let me, let me, let me pray with y'all, and then we'll, we'll sing our last song. If you would, uh, stand with me. Okay. Before, before I forget, um, I will not be here next week. I uh, have a conference Caleb and I are going to go work at. So Dad will be leading next week, but then after that it should be back to normal. 
uh, as far as the other stuff, but uh, we'll, we'll still be meeting, same place, all the same time stuff. I just won't be here, so it'll still be fantastic. <laughs> I'll just be sad that I don't get to be here. Because I truly, I really look forward to Sundays. I really do. I go, oh my gosh. I just, I love our worship. I love our times together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I thank you for your word and that you're, you're giving us more freedom to live alive inside of you. You're giving us power to live the lives that you destined for us to be in. And you're giving us a new image of who you are and therefore it releases us into love. And so just, I never want to read the word to learn it. I never want to read the word to just be smarter. I want to read the word to become it. I want to read the word so that I, just like Jesus told them, man, come back, come back to me. Don't forget where you've come from. And so I want to come and I want to become the word. And I want to, I want to see you as you really are. And we thank you for your word that you've gifted us with that. And we thank you for your presence. And so Jesus, I just pray a blessing upon every single person here that they would have a glorious week. You know, a glorious, powerful, amazing, world-shaking week with divine appointments, with dreams, with blessings in their finances and with blessings in their uh, relationships and blessings in their just daily emotional health. God, I pray that you would just lavish your love upon every single person and that we would go out and that we would be salt and we would be light and that we would minister to our communities and that we would bring heaven everywhere we go. And Jesus, we just want to feast on you now, that we love you so much. In the name of Jesus, amen.